0: Hello and welcome to this special edition of the NBL One South podcast. It's actually going to be simulcast across a number of podcasts. It's going to be a national podcast, this one, as we cover the road to the NBL One Nationals. And I'm joined by an absolute superstar cast. I am Todd Morris. I will be your host for this podcast. I've drawn the short straw and had to organize everything. It's been absolutely a nightmare. Having said that, though, I am joined by some amazing people. Uh, Mel, the big dog Crawford. Mel, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, mate. Really appreciate it. Should yeah. be good.
0: Avengers Assemble pretty much here tonight. It is. And who do you represent, Mel?
1: Uh, I represent NBL One North. Uh, specifically, I do the Capitals home games. I've never missed an NBL One North Caps home game. And, of course, I do a weekly Ball Don't Lie Australia
0: podcast. And Excuse me. Thank you very much, Mel. That's absolutely amazing. And next, someone who absolutely tears the house down for women's sport and just sport in general too when it comes to basketball, and that is none other than Squin. Squin, welcome. And who do you represent?
2: Hello there. Yes, thanks for having me and organizing this awesome collaboration of a podcast. And I'm representing NBL1 East.
0: And uh, Tristan TP, my man from Central, how are you going? And welcome to the broadcast.
3: Welcome, everyone. So great to be a part of this. Delight to be with you in the House of Hoops. This House of Hoops this evening. How good's it going to be? <laughs> um, I've been with the MBL One Central since uh, 2020, uh, when we were meant to get started. So um, called the Grand Final in 2020, known as the Adelaide Basketball Challenge, and uh, that's where I've been in the chair since then. And. Uh, Obviously done a little bit of work for a couple of different publications and uh, uh, was an MBL reporter this year. So really exciting to be involved and be a part of this. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolute superstar. And not other joining us as well from the East. He also represents a, uh, an awesome podcast. I'll let him tell you all about it. But it's none other than Lockie France. Lockie, welcome.
4: Ah, Cheers. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, I'm from the East. Uh, yeah, I do a podcast with Squin called East Got Game. Uh, You guys have been calling us the eggs Uh, for good reason. Uh, Also represent the mighty Sutherland Sharks, NBL 1 East Men's Champions 2023, who you'll be seeing over in the West.
0: And uh, last but not least, uh, representing the West. West is best, and they'll be hosting the NBL 1 Nationals. That's Eric McFarlane. Eric, welcome.
5: Thanks for having me and um, what a wonderful collection of human beings we've got in uh, this podcast alone and a great cross-section of um, our awesome basketball community that's all uh, descending on to the West and uh, five minutes down the road from my house which is awesome so really no excuses for me. Um, I'm obviously representing the NBL1 West. Uh, I've been involved for the last two years now. been very blessed to be um, the Warwick Senators special comments guy and uh, some play-by-play throughout the league and met some of you lovely people as well last year in the uh, Nationals in Melbourne. So excited to be part of it and excited to be part of um, the Nationals this year as well.
0: Well said indeed. Now, five minutes from the stadium, from the Nationals, does that mean that uh, some sort of after party uh, will be at your place? (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah, but there's a cover charge because I'm a single bloke with a mortgage. So that doesn't come cheap these days, thanks to uh, the Reserve Bank. So happy to host. But uh, yeah, there was definitely going to be a rope out the front and a cover charge and a big scary bounce. I'll probably get my housemate on those duties.
0: I like it, I like it a lot. Uh, entrepreneurial uh, in style there. That's fantastic. So uh, everyone that is attending, uh, head, uh, hit him up. Uh, you see, you'll see Eric around. Um, he's got the big mustache um, that he wears it well. So you'll find him, no doubt. And there's an after party on there. Um, I can't believe I've just put you in that. Uh, now let's go around the leagues and let's uh, break down the grand finals because there was some absolutely fantastic grand finals uh, happening in both women's and men's division. Uh, Mal, you're on top. I'm going to kick it, kick it off with you. Uh, tell us how did uh, the grand finals over there go? Uh,
1: look, it was sort of tale of two tapes. Really, we had uh, we had the women's side with the uh, with obviously the women's uh, the, sorry the north side wizards coming out on top there over the Rockhampton team which they were the real cinderella story but let's not beat around the bush they've had two really average seasons coming into this one um they were able to keep mick spatter and a few of those uh real genuine role players that have been uh, with the club for a long time they also got in uh, lauren hurd and bowman who pretty much almost Uh, almost double-doubled every game. Like, uh, she was incredible. Unfortunately, they just came up short in uh, uh, against that really strong Northside Wizards who ran home. That really solid defense, uh, That help defense, uh, is absolutely phenomenal for those guys. And they were able to get it done in two short games uh, with it being fairly, uh, unfortunately for the Rockhampton team, they didn't get the Cinderella story they were after and it was over pretty quick. Uh, on the other side though, for the first time in MBL1 North history, because uh, we have the best of three series up here and it, it actually went to three series. Gold Coast came out and look, they really uh, knocked over a fairly inconsistent uh, average looking Ipswich team uh, in that first game and then it, it looked like that was just going to be that rollers you know we're going to be back to back champs. Uh, Ipswich force went back uh, went back overnight. And the team really dug deep and look, Sobe, uh, Dang Dang, the Galloways, Jason Ralph, they, they genuinely all came back. They played their part, dug it out and got to that third game. And uh, she was pretty much over by uh, halfway through the third quarter in that final game. And it, it was... Really came down to a few players uh, really stepping back up for Ipswich when they looked like they was flat on the canvas and down for the count. They turned it around and Ipswich Force will be going to the Nationals.
0: Fantastic, fantastic indeed. And Squin, you're over there in the East. You were lucky you got on the broadcast uh, for that game, uh, the Women's Grand Final. How did that one pan out?
2: Yeah, you're right. I was very lucky to be uh, one of the commentators for the Women's Grand Final. It was going into that game, statistically, it was one of the closest games I think I've ever had to commentate on paper. Uh, These two teams, super talented, very deep, very similar style of play, uh, very team-orientated on both ends of the court, particularly on the offensive end where uh, any given day, someone from either team could drop 20 points uh, regardless of your scout. Both teams obviously have their stars, but they're not teams that rely on their stars or a big three per se, like we saw with some of the other women's teams um, in the competition this year, like your like Sydney Comets, for example. So super tough teams to beat. Um, it, it was North that ended up with the championship over the Manly Warringah Seagulls, and essentially that just came down to a couple of patches in the game, really. I think the... Resulting scoreline probably doesn't really, really reflect how competitive this game was. Um, so there were a couple of patches in this game where Norse were just able to get a few more scores in a row, whereas Manly probably unfortunately had one of their worst shooting days of the season. And I think that's just sometimes finals time, right? It can, the, the coin can flip anyway for a team in a grand final series. Uh, and Norths just managed to get a lead and maintain that lead, which is something that they're actually very good at. And so, unfortunately, Manly, uh, who came into this final as well as minor premieres, they had a, I think an 18 and no, a 20 and two record for the season. Um, yeah, unfortunately couldn't go away with a chip, but it was North uh, who will be going over for MBL one Nationals. I believe they're on their way right now. Uh, very good team in terms of experience, culture, uh, like I said before, very sound team concepts and committing to the systems under Coach Garlop. And one of the, probably the only team in East, and I expect the only team at Nationals to have an all-female coaching staff as well. So they're going to be representing East very, very well.
0: We like that. I like that a lot indeed. And while we're still talking about the East, Lockie, uh, how's the men's grand final?
4: Well, the Sutherland Boys got up, so it was pretty good. <laughs> so it was actually it was really a story of um of revenge because um in 2022 uh, Sutherland knocked off Maitland in their last regular season meeting, and then Maitland got the win in the semi final. And this year, Sutherland went up to Maitland again, um, got absolutely towed, and then got revenge for that and also for last year's semi final defeat by getting the win 83-80 in the grand final. Um, Maitland their best option was to if they could force Sutherland to shoot threes a very big chance of getting the win because Sutherland at times couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat from beyond (laughs) the arc this season but in the end Sutherland only had to attempt 10 threes the whole game guys like Adrian Cabrera, Jordan Mitchell Lockie Hutchison just going to the rack Markel Beasley finishing some ridiculously difficult uh shots around the basket jeff gerlach the uh nicole jokic of the east uh, playing that big white man lumbering center role with all the basketball iq in the world um i said i said before the game i said i said before and after the game that will cranston leon the uh maitland point guard won mvp and that will have lit a fire under Lockheed Hutchison the uh, Sutherland point guard, one of the best in the league. And uh, he brought it home. Uh, But Sutherland almost threw it away. It was 80 to 72 with a minute to play. And in the end, a Matt Gray prayer from about half court uh, just caught back iron and didn't go, which would have sent it to overtime. So yeah, the Sutherland boys got up. Uh, I think that's their first championship since they had a three-peat in the uh, mid-2000s when uh, BJ Carter was on the team. So it's been a... A long time coming for the Sharkies, and uh, that was actually a matchup of fifth versus seventh, so two teams coming from the uh, the bottom half of the top eight to uh reach the grand final, and Sutherland getting the win. So
0: uh,
4: yeah, heading over to the uh over to the west, and they will represent the east very very well.
0: Fantastic, fantastic stuff. And now we head over to Central and uh, TP. How was it uh, for you in the Central in both grand finals?
3: Two terrific grand finals, everyone. Like, seriously. Um, obviously, uh, the Sturt Sabres came into the grand final undefeated. They were looking to replicate Joe Hill's Rockets of 2018. But they ran into a Nord Flames team that has Ally Wilson. And as we all know from watching WNBL and uh, 3X3 this year, um, you cannot underestimate any team that has Ali Wilson in it. And that proved to be the case. So, Sturt actually got out to a quick start. And it was Michaela Williams, the Halls medalist, who um, went back-to-back in Halls as well. Uh, She had 10 points in the opening uh, quarter. But um, the Flames actually were shooting the ball exceptionally well. They were shooting at about 41% in the first quarter. And it was then in the second quarter that they got a couple of cameos from a couple of different players. So um, there was a youngster in Caitlin Schillebeer who had five points going into uh, the second quarter. And then they got a little bit out of um, Aleka Kewan who is one of their centers. Um, and then Georgia Smith was the one who really lit it up with eight points in the second quarter, hit a halftime buzzer beater off, um, notably uh, pointed out by a couple of uh, technical officials to me after the game, um, a, a really well laid screen by Jada Rice um, to give her that space. If you go back and watch the replay, technically, it was a really well run last four seconds for the Norwood flames So they went into halftime leading 49 to 36. And then uh, it just continued on in the second uh, half in the third quarter. Like Norwood locked down defensively, which is something they haven't done a lot this year. And we talk about a story like they were mid-table. They uh, were coachless at the start of the year. Uh, They were missing star players. They had players leave just before the season started. And they went on an eight and three run after losing to the bottom side in Central in um, 2023. So to go all the way to the grand final the way they did, and to put in the performance they did with um, Jada Rice pulling up a couple of big blocks on uh, the Sabres, and they tried to get back through like Jasmine Ragoni in the last quarter, but in the end um, Sturt just lacked an X factor in this one. And um, they they even I even spoke to Carla Matthews after the game, and it was on the NBL um, website as an article. Um, she said that they just didn't go to work defensively hard enough in that second half to keep with the Flames. So um, they ended up winning the grand final, sixty-five to eighty, Norwood, and shooting the ball at forty-six percent by the finish, thirty-five uh, percent from the three-point line, with eleven of thirty-one and eighteen assists. So all the recipe that you need to win a grand final on the women's side of things, the men's side of things. So West Adelaide came in losing the um, qualifying final to for the Forestville Eagles by two points. They didn't do a huge amount wrong. They were just a little bit ungelled. And defensively, they were just a little bit off. But they came back and smacked the Sturt Sabres the previous week. So going to the grand final, you knew it's a team with Mitch McCarron, Anthony Drimmick uh, Joel Spear, who was uh, a rookie years ago with the Adelaide 36ers, and Lockie Albrecht, who, of course, is one that everyone should be keeping their eye on Albrecht. He's going to be a terrific superstar. And, I mean, they were playing a team of Forestville Eagles with Malik Machar, um, United uh, development player. Uh, Jake Rios, who um, actually played in the last time they met in the grand final in 2013, and uh, he had 13 points in the opening quarter, and the Eagles actually got the fast start. So it was very similar to the women's game where Forestville got the fast start. Then um, West Adelaide came back, and it was through Lockie Albrick that did a fair bit of work in that area. And then uh, the second quarter was just West Adelaide to a T this season. Locked down their opposition defensively and put a bucket load of points on them. 41 points in the second quarter led by Fraser, Roxburgh dunking the ball from the baseline. Uh, Albrick throwing one down as well. Uh, Joel Spear had nine points for the quarter. Mitch McCarron was just doing stuff that, you know, Mitch <laughs> McCarron does spinning left, right and center. And in the end, uh, they managed to set themselves up uh, in the third corner. Um, Anthony Drimmick, who actually played in the game, had three fouls in the opening quarter and didn't have much impact in the first half, but he finished the game with 15 points and still had an impact in the game, including the third quarter. And then, again, West Adelaide got some great cameos at the end of their game through Hamish Stoudy, who got a massive N1 against Owen Holland And if you know the size difference between Hamish Stoudy and Owen Holland it's quite significant. It's a bit like Doyle versus um, uh, Victor Yama in terms of size, I would say. Um, <laughs> and then you've got um, uh, the celebrations started to ensure for the West Adelaide Bearcats. Um, Anthony Spadavecchia playing his 350th game in a grand final. Been oh. a veteran that's been with the club for a long, long time. Got on court with 31 seconds to go. They won by 11. And not only that, I predicted the Bearcats to win by 11. So it was a good oh. night for many, many people <laughs> in the end. As the Bearcats shot 57% from the field. And even if they take who they take to nationals, they're still going to be a massive
5: threat, I feel.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. Your crystal ball was working well. Eric McFarlane over there in the West, how was your grand finals?
5: Yeah, two really exciting games. um, And they had similar undertones um, on on some parts in terms of how it was structured and how it came back and whatnot. So um, really exciting, great atmosphere as well in the Bendat and the... um, the fans of uh, all four sides across the grand finals really showed out in four, so it was great to see. Um, so first of all, in the women's, uh, it was the Coburn Cougars who finished the season first with an 18-2 in record. Uh, taking on Willington, who finished second, uh, they had a 17-3 record. So it always seemed as though it was going to be um, these two teams, even though there was some really quality sides underneath them. Um, during the game, it was a nervy start for both. Um, the experienced Tigers side, they've been in the last three NBL1 West grand finals, uh, but they actually looked uh, a little less composed than coburn earlier on and coburn had this sort of determination they were looking to make history get their first um championship so they started with a flurry but couldn't really capitalize on that momentum that they had going so um the MVP, Alex Sharp, just led the fight back for Willerton, um, seized the advantage, and they took a one-point lead into quarter time, Willerton. So, the Tigers kept on going. They were really looking dominant, and they were um, outscoring the Cougars in that second quarter, 23-15, to 15, which uh, took a nine-point lead to the major break. Again, Alex Sharp, she had 16 at the half. So um, they really had to focus on that Coburn to see what they were going to do to try and shut down Willerton. Because they just looked like they were playing with, you know, more grand final experience and composure. Um, case in point being um, the Danish international, Sarah Mortensen, who usually collects buckets for fun, um, but was only on two points at half time. So really was struggling to get going initially. Um, really kept in it by you know, the likes of Jesse Edwards and, and Jewel Williams as well was doing their level best um, with six points and five assists to the half. So really controlling the offense there, not a, a ton of support. So throughout the third, it looked as though Willerton were going to go and continue to um, keep parrying away the challenger Coburn. And then um, Ty Thwaites, uh, coach of Coburn, he called a timeout late in the third stands and they were still 10 points down. And um, I'm always loath, even though I said at the top of um, our show here today, I'm always loath to say that somebody's one of the best people in the league because it makes you think that everyone else is just not. But uh, this basketball community is um, pretty amazing and some great humans. But Coach Thwaites, um, he's one of those like top tier, really good human beings. He's always friendly, approachable, says hi to everybody. Doesn't matter, uh, you know, what your status or position is. And whatever communication skills he has just with uh, us common folks, so to speak, uh, well, it certainly translates into his coaching because after that timeout, they came out a different mob, Coburn. They were house and fuego. They romped in an 8-0 run um, to finish out the quarter. They only ended up trailing by two at the final break. So all of a sudden it was game on once and again. So they maintained the momentum and um, the run continued. They had initial resistance, but – It almost felt as though that was it. That was the moment they were looking for. They stretched away to a seven-point win in the end. And whilst the plaudits will go to the likes of the grand final MVP, Steph Gorman, she got 19 points. Um, Jesse Edwards got 17 rebounds. So it was a glass-cleaning performance to make Ajax Spray and Wipe Jealous. The fact that Coburn (laughs) absorbed this pressure and halted that runaway train early in the first half and even deep in the third... Um, They only held Willerton to 24 points in that last half. So uh, everyone's going to look at the offense and go, oh my goodness, they got clicking, but they just locked down and made themselves extremely worthy champions to make that history for their club. Uh, In the men's game, uh, Geraldton were uh, finished second in the regular season at 17-5 and they took on Joondalup who um, uh, finished the regular season 6th sixth, uh, sixth even um, with a 14-8 and record. So another one of those teams uh, like the other conferences that came from the bottom half of the eight and, and really won the, the hard way into the grand final. Um, this is actually a rematch of the 2019 decider and... Um, that Joondalup program is a quality one. They've made five of the previous seven grand finals prior to this one. But um, the stat that they won't like is that unfortunately they missed out on four of those. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, ability and talent to get to that point. But unfortunately, you know, you get to a point say, like, oh, my gosh, it hurts just getting there and getting so close over and over and over. It's like the Buffalo Bills in the, uh, in the 90s in the NFL. So... Um, <laughs> For Geraldton, though, they were looking for redemption. Uh, last year, they, they lost the grand finals at Rockingham, um, and they wanted to make a club legend in Aaron Ralph, a premiership captain, um, also getting the earlier flag for them. So it was a willing affair. It was, um, and there was a lot of tensions uh, on it, as you can expect from a big game. Geraldton made the running early. They had the five-point lead to quarter time. Uh, Johnny Narkel, um, he's uh, affectionately known by the uh, Geraldton fans as Sparkle. He certainly lived up to that. Um I was impressed as well in that first quarter by Fletcher Claston. came off the bench, um, three handy boards and a block straight away. So we're going to see that throughout the Nationals as well in terms of teams who have good squad depth because you're playing a lot of back-to-back basketball. Um, so you need to have those role players who can come in and make meaningful contributions and and meaningful minutes coming off, especially when you try and manage that fatigue. Um, in the second, though, Geraldton would continue to look the goods. And all of a sudden it just started to click. Junalapa. Brought a bit more intensity. It started bubbling, started boiling over, and before you knew it, Junalup out of nowhere got a sixteen no and oh run. And you kind of had to like do the cartoon thing where you rub your eyes and go, wait, is this still the same game? What's happening? Um, they put the cooler on Zach Gatorna. They put the cooler on Johnny Nark shooting. And uh, Quinton Dove was the real star for Joondalup. He took 24 points to the half. And boom recruit for them as well, Brian Michaels. Uh, he had eight boards, three dimes, and a block to half time and took nine-point advantage for Joondalup into the, the second half. So um, Geraldton hung around, but it just seemed like any time – They thought they had the answer. Joondalup would go ahead and change the question. And uh, they kept chipping away and chipping away. But um, uh, when Aaron Ralph scored on the stroke of three-quarter time, there was hope, but they were still eight points down. So there wasn't, uh, you know, there wasn't a huge belief, but it was just sort of that little glimmer. And the fact is last year, Geraldton, they they had the shoes on the other foot in terms of Rockingham looked like they were completely out of it. And all of a sudden, the flames came with a huge flurry in the last quarter and, and sort of snatched a uh, defeat, uh, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. So, with that, they managed to clamp Geraldton really lifted in that last quarter. And before you knew it, um, Liam Hunt, this is a guy who you know three years ago was told he's probably not going to play basketball ever again had a really bad leg injury and that could have been career-ending. He just goes bang. He scores 11 points in the last quarter, including a couple of crucial three pointers, a three-point play. They wrestle away the lead. Junalup fought valiantly, but the basketball DTs were shining on Geraldton. They worked hard. They got themselves to the chip. Liam Hunt finished with 19 points overall. And Johnny Larkle, uh, despite that second quarter being a little bit quieter, he was a crowd favorite. They were chanting Sparkle. He was the grand final MVP as the Bucks found redemption and saluted with their third championship.
0: My man Sparkle, I I haven't seen him play, but he's already my favorite player. Uh, I can see why the fans love him.
5: Yeah, well, he's back-to-back in the league for um, six man of the year, and it was interesting. He actually started the grand finals, so a lot of talent, a lot of explosiveness, and to see him do it for the majority of the game, was it's a joy to watch, and hopefully he continues to go on that trajectory for the finals when the, the whole country is watching him.
0: Love that, love that indeed. Now, uh, for me in the South, uh, it was absolutely fantastic. I was uh, lucky enough, I was MC at a, uh, a youth event uh, for, for the women where we actually had a grand final between Kilo and Bendigo. So I didn't get to watch these games, but I have soon checked into the replay, which was great. The women's game was an absolute spectacular and it was the Bendigo Braves completing a perfect season going the whole way through undefeated, um, which is unbelievable. I was lucky enough to speak to, Coach Mark Alabakov the week before this game, and just having a chat to him, and he's got such a uh, such a, a record, and, he, and he's done it at all levels. He's such a great coach and he's really coached that women's side of that club to some really good success. Their women's youth program also won on the same night so they had two wins and he oversees that as well but it was stars on every line for this game and it started off with a, a, a brilliant first half where Waverley, um, who have got their fair share of stars actually had the lead. Um, it was Matty Uti, the former West Adelaide Bearcat, starring in the first half with 17 points um, and Amy Atwell went bananas in the first half as well. Untouchable board from downtown was shooting threes in everybody's face she had 25 in the first half and then so all of a sudden it was uh, a a really tough task to see how they could stop Atwell but then later in the game she actually got in foul trouble and fouled out early with about a handful of minutes to go Uh, and this game they were just trading baskets towards the end which was going to be quite an interesting contest but in the end Cassidy McLean stood up for 17 points Amy Atwell with 36 Kelly Wilson with 13 and Megan McKay only had the 9 and only played uh, 22 minutes Uh, Madeline Sexton from the bench did a job, played 26 minutes. There was only a grand total of uh, 28 minutes coming off the bench for Bendigo. They really relied heavily on their starters um, to get over the Waverly team and the Waverly team played absolutely brilliant. I mentioned that Maddie Ut. she played the whole 40 minutes, scored 31 points, 6 rebounds and 4 assists. She was absolutely on fire. It was her night. Um, the basket was twice the size for her than anybody else on the floor. Um, she just drained points. Unfortunately they couldn't get over the line. Bet Cole had 14, 3 rebounds and 3 assists. Carly Ernst also chipped in with her 12 points, 3 rebounds and 5 assists and Renee Maki did a great job. Not a known scorer she ended up getting a double-double 10 points and 13 rebounds. She was absolutely brilliant and the point guard Amelia Todd-Hunter had 11 points and 10 rebounds so 2 double-doubles there for Waverly which is, uh, which is awesome. They put up a great fight but Bendigo were just too strong. They had such a great season in an NBL 1 South competition that's absolutely stacked um, which we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, when we talk about why we think those teams are going to win nationals. Now uh, in terms of the men's game this was set to be one of the all-time greats and I wish that uh, this game uh, unlike some of the other conferences had a series because I reckon if you played this game uh, three or five times. We would have had a different result each game and it could have went either way. But on the night, it was the team in the Knox Raiders getting up. Um, they played absolutely fantastic and it was great to see the sixth man getting the MVP, Bailey Nunn, coming off the bench with 25 points, two rebounds and two assists. He's just been brilliant this final series. And if you've uh, seen the, uh, Knox go around, you see him come on the court and and no offence to him, he looks like he's about... 15 years of age. He's quite a small unit, uh, very small point guard, but he comes on and bang, he can dribble, he can pass, he can shoot, he can do it all um, and he was ended up being the MVP for the night with 25 points. Feagan as well chipped in with 26 um, and Wayne Stewart Jr. had 16, but for Sandringham, Assuncion Bird, he got his 16. Ben Ayer was brilliant in this in that game. He had 21. Cam Blog had the 28, um, but uh, Knox were just too strong on their home floor in the end and uh, State Basketball Centre. Such a fantastic place for basketball. Um, and it was great to see just a packed arena. And the mb one South just absolutely thriving in that environment. All right, guys. Well, that was all the grand final wrap up. Now let's get into a little bit of fun on the podcast. Let's make it a little bit competitive. We're going to have a series of questions where we do some who am I's where I've picked out a couple of players across the league, two from each conference. Um, and if you get them right, you will then be awarded a point, a bonus point if you can get it right If uh, once I reveal their birth date, which is almost impossible. If you do the rules of the game, if you do uh, have a guess and it is wrong, After the you are out. um, After the next clue is read out, so I'll read out one clue, and then if uh, uh, you're then back in after that clue um, to then be able to guess again. In order to come in, just use your conference as a buzzer. Um, TP, I believe you wanted to change your central being two um, syllables. Is that right?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's an unfair disadvantage to get (laughs) central out. So what what would you like? Which is our South Australian moniker when we go play carnivals in oh, the state. Okay. So, Sa.
0: Sa. All right. Well, lucky uh, I'm not in and yelling out Sa, so we won't get those con- uh, confused. Let's try our buzzers. Let's kick it off in the north, your buzzer. North. <laughs> and um, our, our, <laughs> our eggs or our East crew, your buzzers.
2: Are we both east?
0: just East? Yeah, you're both East. Just yell out East. Cool. And uh, down there, Eric, uh, what have you got, mate? West and uh, Tristan, uh, hit me with yours. So, I like it. Let's get this one underway. I like I like it a lot. All right, let's start with the first. Who am I? So. Who am I? I was born in 1991 in Greenacre, Sydney. I attended Westfield Sports School where I earned Hall of Fame status for my efforts in basketball. My junior club was the Bankstown Bruins. 09. Ah. Yep. Who was it?
3: Alex Higgins Titcher.
0: Incorrect. Oh, oh no, So you're out after the next clue. 09 and 10, I attended the AIS. I made my NBL – you're back in now. I made my NBL debut for the Gold Coast Blaze. East. Go ahead, East.
4: Jason Kadee.
0: Correct.
4: Ah. Ah, Jason. So, Jason (laughs) Kadee,
0: he represents the Gold Coast Rollers uh, from the NBL 1 North. Fantastic effort. Great guessing there. So, we'll go over to the scoreboard, and the East will now move ahead to one point. So, the East are now leading by one. Up the eggs. Go, go the eggs.
3: I just realised how stupid my guess is because Alice Higgins' teacher is definitely not born in 1991.
4: He, he was... <laughs> uh, Wasn't he the up for Youth Player of the Year in East this year, yeah, he was. Correct, he was. Yeah. He was. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. He
2: just has a really good skincare
5: routine. <laughs> well, oh. two things can be true.
0: <laughs> I like it a lot. Now... I was born 22nd of July, 1996, in Melbourne, Victoria. I attended Peninsula College in Mount Eliza. I played college hoops for the Buffalo Bulls. Go ahead. Steph Reid. Ho, ho, ho. He, this man is on fire. Let him you cook. You can't
4: ask me a Buffalo Bulls college player question and not expect me to get it. Oh, he knows you, the answer every time.
0: There you <laughs> go. There that. you go. I, I, I didn't know that was. I didn't know you had a pecan for the Buffalo Bulls. So, um, just, well just done. That era, and both with of those. Us, Steph
4: <laughs> Reid, the Up Sisters from Illawarra. Yeah, that kind of era.
0: Yep, and both mm, yeah. both of those players represented the NBL One North. All right. Let's um, m-
5: just, I just want to say, I know it's early days, but this is looking very much the first half of the Monstars versus the Tune Squad right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And I'm all out of special stuff, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. All right. I was born in November 1992. I attended the University of Idaho. After a stint in the sea ball, playing for the Geelong Supercats, Following college, I also... Go ahead. Stacey Bar? Correct! (laughs) That's
5: good. Way to go,
2: Eric. Nice well,
5: work, it, uh, it, it, I be, my employers would be mad if I didn't get the senator's question right. So, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I kind of, I kind of thought of that. I'll put the senator in there, and uh, obviously Stacey Barr had an interesting one next, where we talk about her AFLW career. Uh, oh, sorry, where sorry she, for running.
5: Pretend I said nothing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Where <laughs> she was drafted for Fremantle, and 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 so forth. All right, fan- oh,
3: I would have got it after the Fremantle one, I reckon. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. stuff.
0: All right. <laughs> I was born in June fifteenth, nineteen eighty-five, in Richland, Washington. I attended Kennewick High School in Washington. I also played college for two teams, Idaho and then Utah. East! East Go ahead East.
4: Leilani Mitchell.
0: Correct! Leilani Mitchell. The East are all over it. They lead at the moment with a score of three, and the West on one. North and Central are yet to score. Let's just test your buzzers there, uh, North and Central. Uh, Tristan? North. Sir, and North. Fantastic. Is, uh, no chill. <laughs> Fantastic effort. All right. Next one. I was born March 1997 in Juba, South Sudan. I grew up in Bankstown, New South Wales and attended Wyndham College. I then went to the DME Academy in Daytona, Florida. I attended... uh, I played for two colleges, Eastern Florida, then I played for Hawaii. Yes?
2: Is it Junior Maduit?
0: Correct! East, just on fire at the moment. So the players, we've read out two from the North, two from the East and one from the West. So... We're going to load up on some centrals and another West player. Here they come. I was born 18th of the December, 1989 in Adelaide, South Australia. I attended Midland and Iowa State College. I made my WNBL hey. debut. Damn it. <laughs> Go ahead.
4: Lauren Mansfield.
0: <laughs> Bang. This man is cooking. Uh, east Didn't now get in there quick enough Move ahead to five
5: <laughs> I think everyone had inhaled ready to uh, buzz in at that yeah. moment
0: <laughs> I like it a lot So the next one I was born in 1989 in February in Miami, Florida I attended Palm Beach State College and Bethune-Cookman I made my way to Australia to play Australian rules football for the Sydney Swans oh, uh, sir. <laughs> Go ahead
3: Alex Starling, correct. And Centrals yeah, gets their first the point.
0: Woo. <laughs> so scoreboard recap: five to the East, one for the Centrals, and one to the West.
1: This is a fun game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, I saw your North <laughs> player.
5: North players. Dora, it's golf scoring. You're winning.
0: <laughs> exactly. Hey, look, <gasps> I like this, the game's like made it. up, and the points don't matter. So uh, <laughs> we're we're all good. <laughs> And this will be the last of the Who Am I's. I was born July 11th, 1992 in Texas. I attended Oklahoma State and Texas A&M. I've played all over the world, including Italy and France. I moved to Australia to play for the Perth Wildcats in the 17-18 season, but I fractured my left foot. I came back to Australia in 2020, signing for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I missed the NBL1 Nationals last year because I signed with the British. Saar was in there first. (laughs) Devondrick Walker. Correct. Central's etches ahead and takes second position with two points.
2: I I had uh, him on my mind and I just didn't have the guts to speak up. (laughs)
0: There we go. So congratulations at the moment. East have five points. Central's have two. And West has one. But this is where it gets really interesting, guys, because now we get rated by our peers. So East, I'm afraid you have a target on your back being in the lead. So you're going to have to come up with some real convincing uh, sort of material here on why your teams will win the national tournament. Now, how this will work is I've got 24 seconds on the clock. So a 24-second shot clock. One for the women's team and one for the men's team. You have to give us your most compelling argument. At the end of that, you will hear a buzzer and it will go off and then we will vote. So we'll go around the room and vote. The votes will be rated out of 10 on how compelling you thought that argument will be. Then... We will select our order via our spinning wheel on who will go first. So let's
5: uh just before we start, I'd like to go double or nothing. Uh little peek behind the curtain. We were pre- asked to prepare for two minutes. I'd <laughs> like to I'd like to double down and get forty eight seconds and just try and say why well, my conference will win. Any objections for me to go double or nothing?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, sure. Look uh sure that we can do that. Sure. We can we can we can dub we can dubs up. Do we, um, can I get triple then if we're just?
5: <laughs> I got told that everything was made up and the points don't matter.
0: Exactly right. We're doing this. We're doing this on the fly. But I thought the twenty the twenty four seconds does go pretty quickly. So we'll extend it out to forty eight. All right. Um, but at the halfway mark, then at the twenty four second mark, you will hear this sound. And that will give you a warning that we're at the halfway point. And then I'll bring the sound back in the last five seconds. Just to make it a little bit interesting, right? A bit of defense chant. Everybody loves it. (laughs) So here we go. Who's up first? For those listening, and obviously this is only a listener's podcast. It looks like it's going to (laughs) be (laughs) central. Here we go. So TP, you are up. Let me uh, clear this clock. Hang so on. is this
3: just for women's then? For oh, men's?
0: sorry. Yeah, the double down is for the forty-eight seconds. He's going to do two at once. Uh, TP, do you want to do you want to do two at once, or do you want to do one for men's or one for women's?
3: I'll do one for men's and one for women's. So I'll oh. start with women's.
0: All right. So you'll get the twenty-four seconds then, and then at the twelve-second mark, I will play the tone to create a little bit of uh, excitement <laughs> around it all. Um, so I'll count you off: five, four, three, two, one.
3: Let me tell you a story about a club that just couldn't do what anyone thought it could do. It lost Brook Basham just before the season. It lost a player to maternity leave. It had no coach. It was eight and three mid-season. It continued a fairy tale run across the second half of the season. It's got Ali Wilson. It's got Sharna Thompson and Georgia Smith who can shoot the lights out. Their defense has gone up big time. Why not? Why not the Norwood Flames?
0: it i like it not bad not bad at all geez how do i stop that okay okay good that went for a little longer than what i expected the little buzzer at the end not too bad not too bad now let's go to the votes uh team let's uh kick it off uh i am gonna give that a seven uh over in the north what will you give that out of 10
1: uh i'll give him a lebron james bill russell six
0: six i like it i like it over in the east now you have to do this via committee um what do you guys agree on
2: average <laughs> yeah yeah we will just go average what did you say lock i'll
4: give him a seven
2: oh, i was gonna say six so it's six and a half from the east
0: six point five let's make this nice and simple i like it and from the west uh what do you give that
5: Oh, I think my, my colleagues are hard taskmasters. I'm going to give that an eight. You took me on a journey, told a story. I'm really invested and we'll see you in Hollywood.
0: I like it. So I'm going to get my <laughs> I'm going to get my Casio calculator watch out and we'll calculate that six plus seven plus the six and a half and then the eight from the West. I like it. Is he building an ally? He may be. Um, so we're going to go here for the centrals. You're currently now sitting on 27 and a half points in the vote tally.
4: This feels like the, uh... The the points in the Duff Beer competition where the last game makes up ninety eight percent of the score, making the rest of the rounds completely redundant.
0: Exactly right. So it's all made up, and the points don't matter, right? That's yep. the whole part of it. Uh, so fantastic there. Um, having said that, you have taken the uh, the first victory there, East, uh, well and truly uh, in the uh, in the quiz. So um, that that can stand for something. Uh, maybe we have a, a final question at the end for the tiebreaker, something like that. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get to that uh, when it matters. All right, uh, TP, you're back on the clock. Let me clear that and we'll restart again. So now your compelling reason for the men's. And then obviously when you do the combined one, uh, the 48 second there, what we'll do is we'll do the score out of 20. So everybody else will give a score out of 20. Um, I think that uh, makes the most sense. So let's uh, kick it off starting now.
3: Bearcats have a really incredible history when it comes to big time games, no matter what lineup they take over. They have coach Dean Nyberg, who's an absolute superstar at pulling together star lineups. And while they may not have their full team over there, they still have some very, very good players that have helped them throughout the season. And they'll be hungry for some extra court time. And that's why they're a dangerous team, the West Adelaide Bearcats.
0: I like it. I like it indeed. Not bad. I like how you finish off with the club name as well. It just puts a nice little spin on there at the end. So the West Adelaide Bearcats, how convincing was that, uh, their team? I'm going to kick that off. I'm also going to give you a seven there, uh, TP. Uh, North, what do we score that? I think...
3: Oh, I haven't heard his name for a while. <laughs> Sorry,
0: uh, I didn't... I um, I. um Put down the wrong lever on my uh, roadcaster. I didn't hear that score. So say that again, North. Came through number seven. Number seven. Fantastic. 14. And uh, East? Oh, I'm giving him a
4: six on that one.
2: Oh, I like that one more. I was going to give him an eight.
0: Oh, so seven. From the East, are you happy with the seven East? Yes, yeah, yes, definitely seven. a seven. All right, 21. And then the Westies?
5: Well, uh, I was less convinced with that one, especially when we said, "Oh, they might not have all their players." So I'm giving that a Mike Ellis number
2: six.
0: There you go. So <laughs> twenty-seven, and we add those two together, and we get fifty-four point five. So congratulations there, and well done for Very going good. first there, there TP. Yeah, uh, absolutely, Thank you. absolutely John nailed me, it. TP. Thank absolutely you. nailed it. So let's go back to our random wheel of death um well that was a bit hectic um (laughs) uh, let's let's take a spin 24
2: seconds in this context is much shorter than when you're playing an offensive possession i have to say it
0: feels like it doesn't it yes i think i'd rather talk
5: than have an offensive possession i think i've got more chance with the talking part (laughs)
2: yeah so you can take breaks on offense though like you can kind of just stand in the corner and bludge for a bit in the 24th (laughs) so i think i'd take that
1: i can chuck it from chuck it at the hoop from anywhere so i'm good Oh,
0: (laughs) 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 i like this a lot all right so uh south it was i am on the clock so i'm going to start off with our women uh in the south and i think this is this one's a no-brainer um Hopefully you guys give me a good score, but uh, give me one sec. Let me just bring up my uh, my little stats here on the other screen. All right, give me a countdown, guys. Five,
4: four, three, two, one, go.
0: Well, this one's an easy one. They went undefeated all season in an absolute stacked competition. This competition is filled with so many good teams. And all you guys know them. I know you're from different conferences, but Mount Gambier, Geelong United, Waverley Falcons, Frankston Blues, Sandergrim, Sabres, Ringwood Hawks, they all couldn't beat them. And all those teams are stacked. We've got absolutely a, a huge amount of players in this competition. They're stacked as well. They're going to go over. They're going to continue their undefeated run and win the whole Nationals. That oh. being the Bendigo Braves, of course. Cor- correct, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, maybe you deduct you a you few points. TT's technique. Yeah, maybe <laughs> deduct a few. Is that, a, is that do I get a deduction on that? That was actually, I'm not quite happy with that myself, and I made up this game, so terrible. <laughs> um, go, uh, give me the scores uh, there, team. Lay it on me. Let's start with the North.
1: Uh, Give me a Josh Giddey three.
4: Oh! Just remember, I've got to score you.
0: Just remember, I've got to score you. you. Uh, The
4: Russian judge.
0: (laughs) 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 Let's go to the east by committee. I like it a lot. North.
4: Well, I was going to give you a nine, but I'm docking you a point for not mentioning the team name.
0: Okay, fair. And I'm
4: docking you a point for not mentioning Cassidy McLean by name.
0: Fair, fair, fair. Seven. Too many superstars to mention. Like Eric said earlier, don't want to mention one because then it just lets the others down. Um so a seven and then Squin, what do we got?
2: I was gonna say six, so you're getting a six point five. Oh jeez, this is
0: bad. Everyone just <laughs> hitting the host. I'm gonna be so savage next time. Call me Red Simons. Um, Central, what do we got?
3: Well, it's one of those things where it's it's easy to sort of pump up the team that's been unbeaten all season. So, oh. I'm going to give you a from his signature at the uh, Adelaide 36ers Arena, Brett Maher 5.
0: Oh jeez, this is low. Hey. Come on, Eric. Can we get I'm an ally? Can we hard. can we make can we make allies here, Eric? Is something we can do? Uh, well,
5: <laughs> I I like the confidence. But with that confidence came not a lot of substance to back it up. So, for every undefeated team, for every Undertaker, there is a
0: Brock Lesnar. I'm going to give you a six. Jeez. 20 and a half points. This is going to be huge. I'm going to need a big score. Well, well yeah, I'm going to almost have to go perfect here to get out of trouble here. I'm going creative
4: one. scores, though. That's it's great, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get basketball reference up and get like list of uniform numbers. So, uh, <laughs> score. It's not, it's, I'm too busy keeping all the players' colleges in my head to learn jersey numbers.
0: <laughs> Jeez, I'm going to have to uh, just take a quick little breath here. I'm going to like stall deliberately while I think of something creative to say about Knox here. Jeez. <laughs> oh,
1: they get Knox down?
0: Yeah, well, I've been knocked down (laughs) big
1: time.
0: (laughs) Uh, The way to a man's heart. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, where's me clock? Here we go. Let's clear. Let's get back to the restart. Give me a countdown, guys.
4: All right. right. Five, four, three, two, one. QM. him.
0: All right, the Knox Raiders, they had a season of 18-4 and four losses for the season. They're absolutely a fantastic team. They've got a massive lineup. Maduka Kek, Fegan, Akuth, Stewart, and Pete Ling, and Bailey Nunn coming off the bench, uh, the sixth man of the year for me. He's going to absolutely smash it at Nationals. I think they've got a really well-rounded lineup. They protect the paint really well. They can score from inside. They can score from outside. They can do it all. I really think they can go all the way. Knox Raiders. Nice. I thought that was a big improvement, right? And I had the hard one, too. I had the easy one, too, the first one, the Bendigo. I should have put a really compelling case. All right. Now, let's go to the scores starting off in the north.
1: Uh, Look, that was much better. Give me a... Who have we got? Uh... Let's go, oh, Paddy Mills eight. I didn't mind that; that was much better.
0: Paddy Mills eight. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, North. You're now back in my good books on my Christmas card list. <laughs> uh, over to the East by committee.
2: I got a seven for that one. What about you, Lockie?
4: Ah, uh, I, I, I really like that one. I'm going to give him a Caitlin Ford nine.
0: Oh, lovely! So that's an eight. I move ahead to sixteen over the, to the Centrals.
4: Um, yeah, no,
3: much, much better compelling case. Uh, nice use of the uh, uh, different areas of the court, defence and offence referral. So I'm going to give you a uh, mid um, Adelaide 36's struggling season. Parara, Winatana
0: 8. 8's <laughs> all around here. I move ahead to 24 and then over in the west.
5: Uh, Well, what you've shown to uh, any prospective scouts out there that you're coachable, Um, you've taken on the feedback (laughs) from the first one and and included the name this time around. So for that one, I'm giving you a a
0: 7.5. 7.5, lovely. That gives me a a 31.5 plus my 20.5 moves me along to 52. So I'm trailing centrals by... Uh, 2.5 so centrals currently lead on 54.5 and my MBL one south on 52 let's go back to our random generator where we have the west north and east left and we shall spin the wheel <laughs> and it is the wow. Easties well, the eggs so. <laughs> Who would like to go first out of the east? I, I presume that one's doing the men's or one's doing the women's. Yeah, yeah I'm doing I'll
2: the I'm doing, doing the men. Yeah, I'll yeah. do the women's.
0: Who would like to go first?
2: Lockie, what do you? How are you feeling?
4: Oh yeah,
2: I'll go first. Oh, oh that's okay. Okay, if you're ready, if you're able, off you go, mate.
4: Well, i would talk about my sharkies all day. We're 24 hours, don't worry about 24 seconds. Do we get a little
0: shark, little fin on the head, the little... Oh,
4: no, you will, because I'm going to be talking about Jeff Gerlach, and that's his thing.
0: Oh, I like it, I like it a lot. Yeah. All right, well, I can't wait. Let's uh, kick it off in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Sutherland Sharks. Oh, go no, ahead.
4: It hasn't started. Uh, Sutherland Sharks, they did it the hard way, but their coach is the Brian and protege. they got Lockie Hutchison, DP, games record holder for the Kings. They've got the Nikola Jokic of the East. In Jeff Gerlach, Uh, you know, did it the hard way coming from the bottom for half of the eight. Uh, They'll take it through the paint at you all day. And their beer sponsors from WA, and what's a better motivation than free beer, the Southern Shire?
0: Not bad, not bad. I like it, I like it. Let's go now to our scoreboard. I am going to give this one, I thought it was okay, I'm going to give this one a six for me over to the north
1: uh give it my junior playing number
0: of five five I like it that moves them along to 11 centrals
3: I uh, had nice jingles to it so I'm gonna give it a seven
0: seven I like it 18 and now in the West
5: well I thought it started out really really good I was invested and I thought there was no way anyone was gonna be southern that kind of lost its way a little bit started out like jaws ended up like jaws four I'm giving it <laughs> six and a
0: half <laughs> Nice score. It's a solid score of 24 and a half. Now remember guys, uh, on the voting committee, these this team won the the other challenge really well by five. Uh, five to five to two with the closest competitor. So we've got to really give them a little bit of a ribbing here. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's head off to Squin and why will the East representative in the women's conference win it all? Let's kick it off five, four, three, two. One.
2: Well, the North Bears women led every significant statistic in this season, including overall rating. And that was thanks to the depth of their bench, their consistency, their discipline, but most of all, their culture and their experience. This team runs deep with winning culture. And that is all led thanks to the coaching staff of Renee Gallup and an all-female coaching team. Uh, on any given day, they... Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, swore I'm sorry.
5: That's course, okay. Uh, squid is known as
4: one of the classiest people in the basketball <laughs> community.
0: You'd I... never do that.
4: You'd never do that on a live call. would just squid. <laughs>
2: uh, I wouldn't say never,
0: Lockie. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, some, sometimes it's required. Sometimes it's required. For me, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. You you included statistics, players, um, rating as well. But then that last little bit just lost its way. I was actually gonna rate that quite highly. I was actually gonna give it a nine, but I'm gonna scale that back to a seven.
2: Look, I'll take that. I mean, I dropped an F bomb. Yeah. Uh, it was like a <laughs> I think that F bomb's from- after the buzzer. That doesn't that doesn't
0: count. Te- <laughs> well oh, technically the
2: car park at the end there.
0: The we red light.
3: We need the IRS to determine whether it was after the buzzer or
1: before the buzzer.
0: <laughs> I like it a lot. North, how do you rate that one?
1: Uh look. She had me with the uh the F bomb. That that really brought it back. Um you scale I really up for that. It. <laughs> um but unfortunately East is just too far ahead, so I'm gonna have to uh let's uh let's go with Patty Mills eight. It was pretty good.
0: Patty Mills eight, good, good work. Fifteen now centrals. Now, uh, Centrals. just to uh, give you a bit of context here, they're obviously 30 behind you, so they're currently on 15. So that might give you a, a couple of maths to work with between this and the West score.
4: Oh, that,
3: that, um, with great power comes great responsibility, as they say. Look, I, I, I agree with a lot of you that, um, Jacinda, you, you produ- uh, produced a really nice case there, Squinn, uh, um, but also you got to look after our Central's crew as well. But I'm going to give you a fair score and someone who had a nice fade top back in the 90s and uh, was the uh, <laughs> coach uh, that took their team to nationals last year.
0: I'll give you a Scott Ninnis, number six. Ooh, 21. So, West?
5: Well, Squin, I like the fact that you brought numbers into it. I love the fact that you brought science into it. I'm something of a scientist myself. So, I'd like to go with uh, a considered and well-respectable seven and a half.
0: 7.5 makes it 28 and a half plus the 24 and a half there makes it a 53 so they move into second position with Central's leading with 54.5, 53 to the east and my south are trailing on 52. But uh, it only matters what they do on the court and they'll win it all anyway. So uh, let's move along. We'll go... evidently, evidently
4: Central's winning it. they got the most compelling case so far.
0: Yeah, correct, correct. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go ahead to north and west. We'll go back to the wheel and decide who will be up next
5: those who can't see this there's two options and this would be the worst
0: game at wheel of fortune ever yeah
1: it's not looking great from where i'm sitting
0: and the north mel the big dog you are up and i wonder who'll win the next one uh so (laughs) now mel uh you also were a fan of the merger um to give it a 48 second clock uh how are you feeling about that We, you want to cram both in and we give you a score out of 20 or would you like to do one and one
1: uh, give me one and one. Okay, give me one and one. Let let me butcher these individually. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let's not ruin them both.
5: Said the wasteful butcher. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like it a lot. All right, I'm sure you'll <laughs> spin a bit of magic there, Mal. Given you're talking about the wizards. Wee. let's go. Let me
1: do the jet jokes, mate. Let me do the jet jokes. <laughs> My time to shine.
0: <laughs> In five, four, three, two, one.
1: Oh. Northside Wizards will be the national champs. They've got uh, Nationals experience, Coach Hicks, Lil Dart, Dean Payne, Bear Kane, uh, AJ Johnson is an absolute monster on D. These guys will just defensively choke the ball out of other teams. Offensively, they take the ball inside, stretch it out. And these uh, Northside Wizards, they're absolutely magic. They will get the job done. I have no doubt about it. Northside Wizards.
5: I like it did a lot. you stretch that out to get to the 24 seconds?
1: <laughs> hey, 24 <laughs> seconds is a long time for some people, okay? <laughs> I found myself, you know, I needed to use the time wisely and I thought, what could I do? I could drop an F-bomb, but no. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: taken. That gig's taken.
1: Exactly. So I had to come up with something else. Oh. Slow fade. Slow hey, fade.
0: 24 seconds, brevity is key and you definitely did that. So for me... Oh, yeah. Even though you absolutely trashed me on one of my scores, I'm going to give you an eight. Um, so I liked it. There were some good statistics in there, and uh, yeah, you kept it nice and simple. And you were very sure of yourself too with the language you said they're definitely going to win, and uh, and you mentioned the team name as well. It was all, it was brilliant. That was really well done. Um, let's go along to the east. Yeah, well, I really liked how you said the
2: defense is gonna choke their opposition. I've really felt that viscerally. So I'm giving you a seven and a half. And Lockie, I I was going to give it an eight, but
4: then we got to go to a 7.75 average. And do we really want that?
2: boost it to an eight. (laughs) Boost it to an eight.
0: (laughs) So Easter happy to submit an eight? Yes. So now the North move ahead to 16. Centrals, your score?
3: A very compelling case for the Northside Wizards. A lot of magic. Quite a few spells in there um, cast there by Mao, Big Dog Crawford. So um, that was quite magic and it reminded me of uh, a willy Farley dunk. So I'm going to give it a nine.
0: Oh, massive. They move ahead now to 25 and with a vote to come. Let's go over to the west.
5: Well, we started it really nicely, Said a lot of names and places, made me – I think I was listening to We Didn't Start the Fire. Then you actually <laughs> brought the strategy into it. I loved it. I'm giving it an eight and a half.
0: Oh, 8.5. Lovely. The north is now shining with 33.5. So fantastic start there when they got one more to come. So great work there, Mel, the big dog. Let's uh, now get into your next one. 24 seconds goes back onto the clock. And we'll kick it off in five, four, three, two, one.
1: Ipswich Force, first-time winners at this level. They will take it on uh, to the Nationals. Don't worry about that. They've got Dang Dang, Jason Ralph, Cam Goldfinch. Uh, Tem and Tem will be stepping up. Michael Fleming, I'm sure, will make a difference. And, of course, you got the Galloways. <clears throat> Excuse me. May not be Sobe, but we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Ipswich Force, the Force will be with them.
0: Not bad, not bad, not bad. But I, I, I felt... You know, first time winners. I felt I was a little bit low on confidence in uh, in terms of that one, but uh, the force would be with you really bringing home in the end. I'm going to give that one a solid seven. And heading over to the east, how do you guys score that one by committee?
4: Uh well, the the cough in the middle. You know, that, that, you know that uh, wasn't a fan of that, but he brought brought it home well with the uh, the force. Will be with them, so I'm going to give it a six and a half.
2: Yeah, I uh, concur with Lockie's score because I, it, it just, it, it sounded, uh, it wasn't hopeful, but the Star Wars reference got you over the line.
0: So six and a half? Yep. Yeah. And we go to the centrals now.
3: Well, it felt a bit like the Star Wars trilogy, didn't it? Like, you know, there was a bit <laughs> of hope at the start and then uh, there was a little bit of uh Uh, Empire Striking Back in the Ipswich side of things. And then, yeah, the Force thing brought it home. But I think it has to be Revenge of the Fifth. So um, I think it'll
5: be a five for me on this one.
0: That was absolutely huge. That was poultry in motion, that one. And we go to the West.
5: Uh, Well, you said the Force will be with them. Well, this was not the the pitch you were looking for. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) I did not have as much belief in Ipswich as you did in your earlier pitch. So I'm going to give you a six for this one.
0: Six. Now that's a 24.5 and and we add the 33.5 together. That does skyrocket the North into the lead with a massive 58. Congratulations, North. You are now in the lead with only the West to come that can knock you off. So we'll recap the scores for everybody listening. The North are on 58, Central's on 54.5, the East on 53, and... The MBL one South on a salty fifty-two. I'm getting real salty about it now. The more we get deeper into this competition, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you've got
5: me covered.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You've I reckon you got some good allies. So we're going to have to adjust the clock here. I'm going to have to clear that, and we're going to put just a heads up as well. I'm cramming four teams into this. So just, I want that considered well, in the marking. Thank you very oh, yeah. much.
5: Oh yeah, he's got the, uh, the correct
4: chance.
5: I agree with this. Yep. Correct.
1: Noted so, and ignored. Yep. Go
4: on. <laughs> 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 so,
0: so we have extended the clock as you'd like to merge everything into one, and we will remember, guys, nothing. have to give this a rating out of twenty. Um, so at the twenty-four second mark, you will hear the de- defense chant. So we're going to have to have twenty-four seconds of a defense chant, which is great. I can't wait for that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's uh, kick this off in five, four, three, two, one.
5: Normally, if your conference enters the national finals, you've got a two out of 12 or one out of six chance of winning it all. But we've got some basketball freaks out West. We're full of superstars. So you've got 10% at best chance of beating the West. Then you add the star-studded defending champions of Warwick Senators, Clinch Hoy, Card, Bar, Forster, the Rockingham Flames, Devondrick, Nelson, Godfrey two more teams than all the other conferences in the mix so your chances of winning go drastically go down so you've got maybe a 17 and 1 third percent chance of winning and we've got an 83 and two third percent chance of winning so then the other conference you take your 17 and one third chance minus 25% because we've got Coburn Cougars who only lost twice and we've then got the Geraldton and Buccaneers who came down from 29-15 walloping in the second quarter they got Johnny Narkle, Malik Mounier they stars with and without the rock. So we add another 66 to two third percent. NBL one West got 149, two third percent chance of winning. The numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for the rest of the conferences. <laughs>
0: I, I had to block my ears once wow. the once the siren went off, so I didn't hear everything after it. I'm <laughs> going to pretend. Um, however, the statistics were absolutely brilliant. I liked it. There was a, an element that uh, nobody else had, and your modesty coming in actually you, you got me on side. That was a good tactic. I liked it. It worked really well. I'm actually going to give this a decent score here, and I'm actually going to give this an 18. Oof. I liked it a lot. You can't. The numbers don't lie. I liked it. You really tickled my uh, statistics uh, there. I like it a lot. Uh, Let's go to the north.
1: Uh, Look, uh, there was a bit too much maths to start with. Um, It took me back to uh, high school where maths and me didn't get on too well. Um, There was a lot of good bits. Ran a little bit long, but I'm going to give it a Derek Rose in New York 4.
0: Uh, so an uh, eight four total, or four? 20.
5: Four out of <laughs> twenty? Put, you put the boots in, knowing not knowing, but that I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, and Derek Rose is still a sore subject. Yeah, put the boots in like that. Thought we were cool, man. So <laughs> just
1: to give, just, <laughs> just to confirm, Mal does it? A, if you like I thought it was out of ten, so let's double
0: it and call it an eight. Okay, so you go. Okay, that's what I wanted to do. So you're on eight now, yeah. so that moves ahead yep. to twenty-six. Now the East. Remember, it is out of twenty. Oh, what we just
4: give? We'll just give scores out of ten each, and Adam, I guess.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good one.
4: Yeah. Squin, squin you're up.
2: Uh, look, I love your effort, Eric, but I also got a bit too lost in the maths. Uh, it started me off on a good trail, and then I kind of just got a bit lost. So six for me, six out of ten.
0: Okay, Yeah, six. look, um, my,
4: my issue is that one sixth isn't 17 and a third. It's actually 16 and two thirds.
0: Oh, <laughs> fact checked. Got so, him. Yeah, that,
4: that's good. That's just... <laughs> I, I did I I do appreciate the mathematical effort though, so I'm I'm still gonna give it a uh, a five and a half. So that's eleven and a half out of twenty for for the
0: East. So it moves the West along to thirty seven point five and centrals. Your vote. unfortunately the West they've even if uh they get a perfect twenty here, they cannot win. They would if they're with a perfect twenty would lose by point five. So no. There we so, go. So, uh, so just give me the
5: 20. That's all good, TP. Thanks, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: go ahead, TP. You were, you,
3: were very, uh, you were very generous to me, um, but got to take it on face value, my friend. Like, you know, I love the statistics. Yes, yeah, you know, I'm a bit of a statistics buff. Love love the numbers and that. So, um, but you're yeah, almost banked at home, but uh, very, very close. Um, I'm going to give you uh, Rupert Sapwell off the backboard for a three-pointer 14.
0: 14. Me will move. Oh, that's that's cruel because that gives him a total of fifty one point five, with the West coming in last. My salty fifty two just become a lot better. Um, so, but the West, however, did score one point in the other competition. Now, I had no plan at this point in to judge a winner. Um, so, at the end of the day, North, you won the uh, convincing argument uh, test of fifty eight. And then the East were just too good with five on the uh, who am I questions. But at the end of the day, nobody's a winner. The winner of this is basketball. And it's going to be a fast, fantastic NBL <laughs> 1 tournament. Guys, we'll go around the room and just get a quick last comment before the Nationals starting off with the North.
1: Uh, the force will be with us. And like genuinely can't wait. It's going to be a great weekend of basketball. Um, it's It's going to be magical just like the Wizards.
0: And Mel, where can we find you? You've got the the podcast running. Um, Give that a shout-out and a plug. Yep,
1: Uh, Ball That Lie Australia. Pretty much weekly, we cover basically everything from the NBA down, um, cover all Australians and all that kind of stuff, down to the NBL One North. Uh, Obviously, we're going to take a break from that uh, for a little bit, but uh, we're on Insta. uh, Yeah, jump on Insta and you'll see our links. uh, We're across Spotify, iTunes, uh, everywhere you can find good good podcast you'll find us for sure
0: perfect thank you very much and uh squint um final comments
2: yeah i just really think this women's competition for nationals kicking off tomorrow is going to be very competitive and what i also like is some of the underlying storylines going into nationals this season with coburn cougars having won the first women's championship in their club history uh, TP has done a great job t- telling Norwood Flames' tumultuous story of the year to come out as champions. You know, the Norse Bears' winning culture and experience they've had in their excellent women's program are now going over with the only coaching staff to have all females in the lineup. And then South also coming in with a undefeated record internationals and then Northside Wizards, I think. Is that their first NBL1 championship as well, Big Dog?
1: Uh, no, not at that level. Oh, okay. Well,
2: you know, it is to me, so that counts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just think there's so many great storylines and it's going to be really competitive uh, in the women's competition, so uh, certainly don't count them out. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And I know that North and Sutherland, but I'll just speak for the women's comp, I know that North are going to really represent MBL, MBL one East really well, so I wish them the best of luck.
0: And uh, where can we find you, Screen, doing some of your best work? You've, you're on a few different things, a couple of different podcasts and on socials.
2: Yeah, too many things, I would argue, Todd, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, so I also co-host another podcast called Shooting the Breeze that focuses on women's hoops, particularly Australian women's hoops. You can find us on Twitter at The Breeze Pod and on Instagram at Shooting the Breeze. You can find myself on Twitter at S underscore Squin, or you can find me on Instagram as Jacinta underscore Govind because, you know, I'm a bit silly and just decided to put my whole full name and my nicknames on the internet. <laughs> Didn't really think that one through. <laughs> and uh, obviously, Lockie and I host East Scott Game, but I'll let Lockie give East Scott Game a bit of a spruik.
0: I like it. And for those listening out there, uh, shooting the breeze is actually one of my favourites. I, I listen to that one, um, especially doing a little bit of work with the WNBL. It gives me really good insight. So a lot of my homework is done listening to your pod. So uh, give that one a shout out, guys. Make sure you get around that one. And TP, uh, final words from you, mate.
3: Yeah, so um, I'm going to be really interested to see how, like, with the teams, like, everyone always sort of, you know, uh, underestimates centrals, no matter where we go around the around the country, South Australia. Um, the junior basketball programs, I don't know if you noted, but we're starting to win quite a few of those state championships, and that's starting to flow into the NBL1 centrals, so Um, be careful around us South Australians because otherwise uh, you'll go mental for Central.
0: (laughs) I like it a lot. And uh, I believe you're uh, launching a new podcast in the NBL and uh, WNBL season. Is that right?
3: Yeah, that's right. We're going to launch the SA Shot Clock. Um, It's been a bit of a brain project of mine for quite some time, but now's the time to really get into the NBL and the WNBL season for the South Australian teams, the Adelaide 36ers and the Adelaide Lightning. I'm going to be co-hosting it with Bevan Jones through the season. We're both going to be on Clutch Radio calling Adelaide 36ers games, as well as Adelaide Lightning games this year in the WNBL, which will be fantastic. And what I'm really looking forward to is bringing quite a few uh, female special comments people into the wnbl broadcast which is a, a great pathway for especially our nbl1 players in their off season and some of our experienced coaches that maybe aren't doing a little bit of uh, commentary to the side on that but you can also find me on the uh, sacrossoverdribble, uh, com for all the south australian basketball news we're actually um asking for a few, we are asking for a few donations at the moment, 24 or $14 a year will help us just get things done. So I like how um, Todd that you went with the uh, 24 and the 14 second shot clocks, cause that was the same idea. We had like, you know, do your, do your shot clock sub uh, for the SA crossover dribble. And of course I'm still writing for the pick and roll Australia. So you'll be able to read a little bit about um, national finals coming up in the the coming days. And uh Uh, Of course, yeah, there's um, plenty of other things to be involved with um, on the South Australian side of basketball. So it's going to be a really interesting season for the Lightning and uh, 36ers. Um, Don't think it's going to be as straightforward as everyone thinks it's going to be. So uh, we'll see what happens with our two uh, national teams
0: Really like that a lot and anytime I see anything to do with South Australia I always try and find a, a TP's writing he's uh, quite in depth he's always good so always gives good insight as well now Lockie uh, over to you mate uh, your final comments before um, the Nationals
4: Yeah really looking forward to our national finals I really think Sutherland are going to put in a really good shift you know they um came from fifth you know they've had to they're on the road at north they're on the road at Coe. this you know Coe that everybody thought were going to tell the east even with when henshaw and furphy and tui left so you know um so much for that see east teams we can beat Coe. um you know and then they got over maitland got revenge on maitland they're just you know tunnel vision um i think they're going to put up a really good shift um really looking forward to seeing guys like Lockie Hutchison get in the shop window can't wait to see a uh, Jeff Gerlach shark fin, and uh, on the women's side, Squin might be able to drop an F bomb, but North they got the C bomb, Kate C bomb, going <laughs> to lock down everyone on defense.
0: <laughs> if you had have included
2: that. We yeah, you... planned this the whole time that I was going to drop an F bomb so I could set up Lockie <laughs> exactly for that pun. See, perfect, mate. This is this is why I do a podcast with you, Lockie.
5: <laughs> I feel as though that ten seconds is like the end of every Mission Impossible movie. It Was like, oh, it was a plan all along. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it got there. Uh, oh, that's,
0: that's an alley oop so if I've ever seen one. Where can we find your sister, Center? Where can we find you, Lockie? You do plenty of stuff as well.
4: Uh, at the moment. Um, you can find me commentating Sutherland games, and you can find me doing Eastcott game with Squin. Um, and if you're a soccer fan, I'm also doing College Matilda's as well, which uh, kicks off in six hours. So I better get to bed pretty soon.
0: Lockie, absolutely loved your stuff, especially with, with the World Cup. Uh, it was great uh, following along on your socials and getting all the updates of the Matilda's games. It was absolutely brilliant. So uh, well, And France, of course, and all the other teams that you followed along. How many games did you get to in the end?
4: I've been to
0: 12 and I've got a ticket to the final as well. So it'll be 13. Um, Love that. Love that. Love that. Um, Now heading along to the West, Eric, uh, your final words, mate.
5: Yeah, really excited for the Nationals. Uh, as I mentioned before, five minutes uh, down the road from my house. So I was, you know, um, lux a fortune there. Really excited to see the, uh, you know, um, the basketball community descend on our part of the, the I was going to say the country, but for a couple of years there, it would seem like we were another country altogether. <laughs> um, so really excited for everyone to come in and, and experience that. Um, and I think that, uh, the West will still have a few, um, you know, proverbial bullets left in the chamber. I don't think you can ride us out. And we've got a few more cracks at it than the others, which also goes in our favour.
0: And the home court advantage always helps. And where can we find you, Eric? Uh... Yeah,
5: I don't have any podcasts, unfortunately. Um, I tried that and it wasn't for me. Um, or maybe it wasn't for my audience. And that would imply <clears> that, <throat> that I had an audience. Um, <laughs> but you're
2: a Friends fan, that's why.
5: Well, Yes, that's true, that's true We had a very, very short-lived Friends versus Seinfeld one And I got trounced every week as a Friends fan Um, But yes, um, I'm very fortunate (laughs) enough To be commentating the Nationals This week, um, starting tomorrow night With uh, uh, the Senators taking on Norwood So um, I'll be part of it During the weekend, uh, during the regular season Occasional play-by-play across the West And also special comments At the Senate for the Warwick Senators side And uh, if you like pop-cultural references, thinly bowed as analysis and constant yelling at the lack of game plan at the Western Bulldogs, uh, follow me on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> at Colonel Bod. Sorry, say that again. Uh, just cut out there. You're at? At Colonel Bod. Love that. For my hardcore fitness regime and chicken-loving habits.
0: How <laughs> <laughs> you did not have an audience surprises me because you were quite entertaining. Can you I was get... ganged up. I was ganged up. It was It was two on one. Can you get a podcast back? Uh, quick quick sticks. We'll uh, have you on Clutch Radio anytime, I think. We might have to get you on, uh, maybe do a cross, something, Perth Wildcats or something. Um, But uh, guys, uh, I just want to thank everybody for joining this NBL1 Nationals podcast. It was absolutely a hoot. It was a great laugh. Um, We had a lot of fun with it. When it comes to the NBL1 Nationals last year, was absolutely uh, so much fun. I did it for Clutch Radio. I wasn't uh, privileged enough to get on the TV broadcast, but it was absolutely great. The buzz around the stadium is huge. It's just great going from court to court, seeing all the results and uh, piling in on that last game that uh, is generally played on the fixture, so everybody ends up on the last court it's just such an environment. I really do believe that basketball is a winner and it's great to see that basketball in this country is absolutely thriving and this competition being such a great one. In terms of the NBL One South teams, uh, Knox and Bendigo, I really do think they're going to give it a great shake. They're full of a uh, huge amount of talent. Hopefully all that talent it gets to go across and represent their clubs and I think they're going to do those clubs really proud. In terms of where you can find me uh, coming up, uh, I'll be on the Clutch Radio broadcast on Melbourne Boomers games, Southside Flyers. I'll do a sprinkle of NBL stuff with the... Uh, Southeast uh, Melbourne, and a sprinkle with United. We've obviously got a stacked team down here with uh, uh, Michael Thompson, um, uh, Chris, uh, we've got uh, Tom Hertz. It's uh, it's hard to get a gig on the mic uh, in this state. There's uh, so much uh, talent around, but uh, you can see me there. I'm really excited about the WNBL season, particularly, especially my Melbourne boomers. I think they're going to do great. They've got uh, a completely new team. We've taken the Southside Flyers and put them in purple, basically, um, so... <laughs> (laughs) Uh, that's 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 gonna be awesome uh to see and you can find me on all socials uh look up todd on the mic uh where i have absolutely dodgy takes on twitter and uh my instagram is uh generally photos of me doing some sort of commentary somewhere but uh once again thank you everybody for joining it was an absolute blast i had so much fun and uh that's good night for me